You spoke on WEEI today about Tom Brady looking at his options, and he decided Tampa was a better option. Why weren't the Patriots a better option for him when both Robert Kraft and Brady himself said over and over how much they wanted him to finish his career here? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I'm not going to go back and rehash all that. We've talked about that. It's really We've never problem. talked about it with us. The focus is on the game here. And look, I have so much respect and appreciation for Tom and everything he did here and for me and for our team. And, uh, you know, we're just getting ready to compete against Tampa this week. And we're going to keep our focus on that. But you've never, you talk about rehashing dynamics that you've already gone through. You've never done that. Yeah, uh, we, we made a statement when Tom left, and that, that covered it. We never talked about it. <laughs> it's me. That was a great rebuttal. I mean, I you're still not going to get him to actually answer any questions. No, that's, that's the a, most he's talked in weeks. Right, but that's a great rebuttal to him just saying, we're focusing on the game. Yeah. We're not going to rehash it. It's like, wait a minute. Bill. You never did have talk about it. How can you rehash you something you haven't talked about it the first time? What do you mean rehash? I mean, the first time we brought it up. Is it possible that Bill Belichick is one of those people that doesn't remember who he has conversations with? And so he's like, yeah. I in talk- the media? Absolutely. No, like maybe not even in the media. Just like, I talked to my... I talked to somebody about it at length. Like I was at my uh, kitchen table. Yeah, I've been dog talking to the there. dog. He was talking to the dog. There was a long blonde-haired yeah. lady, um, and she and I talked about it for like four hours. I, t- I talked about this. Where were you? <laughs> it's possible. It's entirely possible. Media for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure there's been guys around that have covered him for a long time, but there has to be some that he looks at each week and says, "I don't know who that person is." Probably. Like Bill, I've covered you for 20 years. I can't wait to watch the ex-lovers come back. Have to face each other. That's gonna be really highly rated game. That thing's gonna get. That thing's gonna get massive. If it's a close game too. Yeah. It's a close game. It's gonna have huge spikes at the end too. Okay. So Mike, I I I kind of sent you guys home yesterday with homework. Did you end up watching the weird slow motion? They unveil the things and then Mm -hmm. it shows him in a Patriots jersey that it cuts to him in a in a in a Tampa Bay jersey. And then it shows like Bill Belichick's face and he blinks slowly and it's like, what is this? Did you show it to your significant others? I did not show it to my significant other. I didn't show it to her, but during the Cowboy game last night it played. She watched it. And uh, she said something about Tom Brady, which is usual. So okay. I, uh, I don't know if she said anything about the game. She doesn't care about the game. He just wants a <laughs> continuous loop of Tom Brady yes, in yeah, slow motion. It, it, w- w- uh, to that song, actually. To that song. To yeah. that song. So that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got to build it up like it's a reality TV show. Like it's ex-lovers coming back to see each other for the first time. And that's Does, you got you to What did you say yesterday? It's This Is Us? It's like, well, that's the only thing I can think of because I've never seen an episode of This Is Us, but I've watched enough Sunday night football that I've seen like previews for <laughs> to This Is Us. A very, a very heart wrenching episode of yeah. This Is Us. And, yeah. Like, there's Next, a song under the. And I'm just like, what is this show? I've seen three different funerals only during NFL <laughs> games. All right, on the Raiders. Josh Jacobs playing? Do we need some Adele music for Josh Jacobs' return to the field? They keep saying he is. He was he uh, he did some work last week, and then all of a sudden he was doubtful. And then all of a sudden Gruden says, "Gruden says I don't think he's playing." Alone, incognito uh, went out. Um, we'll see. I mean, they're off today. They're off tomorrow. They don't go. They don't come back till Thursday because it's a Monday night game. So their schedule is different for Monday night game. 
I assume if he works tomorrow, he'd play on Monday. Tomorrow's Thursday. I mean, if he's out tomorrow's there tomorrow, Wednesday. tomorrow's okay. When they come back on Thursday, yeah. when they come back on Thursday, if he's working then, I assume he's playing Monday. I would too. I mean, I guess it depends on how much working he's doing. I don't know. Yeah, if yeah. he's just stretching, we go out in the field and he's not out there, but he's where they usually are in uh, in lifting weights because we're by the air conditioning. Then maybe he's not playing yeah. Monday night. I it's it's interesting because we've had. The Richie Incognito situation where they were optimistic he would return. And now John Gruden yesterday used, they were hopeful they could get Josh Jacobs back to practice this week. Um, I, that, that to me doesn't really tell me much. That doesn't really indicate that they think he'll actually end up in playing this week. Um, what I do find interesting is the usage of Peyton Barber over the last two weeks. Over the Joker. So the Raiders went and gave Kenyon Drake. Yeah. $11 million guaranteed this offseason. And that was with the presumption that Josh Jacobs was going to be around as the running back. Uh, but in the last two weeks, Peyton Barber has 36 carries. Kenyon Drake has 15. So in week two, Kenyon Drake played 47 snaps. Peyton Barber only played 19, right? But when Barber was in, they ran the ball. He only played 19 snaps at 13 carries. Kenyon Drake had seven carries in all of week two. But then in week three, Peyton Barber took over because he played 11 more snaps than Kenyon Drake. He had 23 carries to Drake's eight. And Kenyon Drake, the Joker, only had one more target in that game than Peyton Barber. How did Peyton Barber become a more trusted running back in two weeks than the guy they gave $11 million guaranteed to? It's more of an indictment on them than Peyton Barber. It is. You're right. Peyton Barber, six years in the league, so he knows what he's doing. And... He's outperformed the Joker, and it's hard to outperform Jokers. They they did not have a need for Kenyon Drake. Not there at $11 million, was, there obviously. There was no need to give a backup running back $11 million guaranteed. There was no need to go get Kenyon Drake, who's, uh, we say backup, but he's actually been a starter. Right. He's been a lead back before in the NFL. There was no need to go get that type of player for that type of money, and yet they did it. And then Josh Jacobs got hurt, and there was almost an opportunity for the Raiders to kind of be like, "Well, this is why we the reason why we got Kenyon Drake because we knew right. Josh Jacobs. He's, he's been hurt throughout his career, his short career, and it's running backs. They all get hurt anyway, so it's good to have a good backup. But then, two weeks in the, to the Josh Jacobs injury, and Peyton Barber's already supplanted Kenyon Drake in terms of John Gruden's trust, in terms of role in the offense. That is Peyton Barber and his performance." is the exact reason why people keep yelling about you don't draft and you don't pay running backs because you can sign Peyton Barber off the street and he can have, he had Josh Dubow tweeted it out, his 140 total yards rushing and receiving. Yes, he had 111 rush. Yes, yeah. Josh Jacobs in his career has had one game with more yards than Peyton Barber just combined. had in week three. So, yeah, combined rushing right. and receiving. So why on earth would you ever draft a running back that high or pay Kenyon Drake that much money when you can sign Peyton Barber off the street any given week and he can be just as, if not more, productive than those two guys? Do you think, and I'm just putting it out there as, you know, not at all a Chiefs fan, Edwards Hilaire, straight up, for Furl, just swap him. <laughs> the Raiders got Peyton Barber. Yeah. They don't need Clyde Edwards Hilaire now. I, it sounds like they always could use another running back. I mean, I'm sure John Gruden probably wants another running back. He'd be. It's a great one. He plays in Kansas City. We're hearing Jalen Rashard's going to be on the field this week. Yeah, they cut Trey Reyes. Yeah, they're hearing Jalen Rashard's back. 
How stupid was the preseason? Yeah. Trey Regas. Everybody was excited yeah. about Trey Regas, and then it's, eh, we're going to yeah. sign Peyton Barber and give him all the carries instead. I did see enough of Peyton Barber the other day where if, and we have this down here, where if Josh Jacobs is still not 100%, I wouldn't play him. Yes. I mean, if, I wouldn't play him against Chargers if he's not if he's not practicing all week and he's not all right. He's ready to go. Yeah. So Ed, Josh, what about my fantasy team? I've got him too on two teams. I've got him too. Josh Jacobs and his health right now, if he's not 100%, you have Peyton Barber. And here's the thing. I think Kenyon Drake's a good running back, too. He's had good seasons before. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like just because they haven't used him doesn't mean Kenyon Drake is awful or anything like that. They just haven't used him. I think if you're the Raiders, you're going to be just fine with Peyton Barber and yes. Kenyon Drake. If you told me the rest of the year, Jacobs doesn't play another snap. Drake and Barber are the two guys the rest of the year. And maybe Richard. I think you're probably fine. Like, offensively, you're probably going to be fine. Because I think, I do think week three. We're going to look back as an anomaly for this rushing attack. I think we're going to look back and say, oh, they didn't really do that ever again the rest of the season. Like, Well, I, yeah, I mean, he's six years in. He just ran for a career high. He's not going to oh, do I, that. I again. just mean the Raiders, period. Oh, I, okay. I, think right. that's, right. I think we're going to look back, and that's going to be one of the two or three best rushing games of the season for them okay. because yeah. this offensive line is still not good. No. Like last week, they, I guess they were better last week, but they still don't have a good offensive line, and I don't really expect them to get that much better over the course of the season. So... I think we're going to look back and they're going to have a tough time running the ball the entire year. So Josh Jacobs rushing him back to get 11 carries for 39 yards or something like that. And whatever Peyton Barber can do that. Yeah, I didn't see the upgraded grades, but they weren't much better this week than they were last week with the offensive lineman. No, I no, mean, they weren't Colton Miller's really the only one who's graded well at all. The <laughs> yeah. rest are just, I mean, some of the worst <laughs> at their positions. They, uh, and, and if incognito never comes back, then I agree with you. They, they just can't get exponentially better over the course of a season. Uh, Alex Leatherwood still lasted his position. Andre James lasted his position. Uh, John Simpson, 62nd of 68 uh, among guards. James Element OP uh, is 39th of 68 guards. So the candle. Trending toward almost to the top half. Colt Miller has fallen some, but still. He was 15 last still week. Still 21st. So okay. still a top, a top yeah, tackle top type thing in the league. So. Really, I mean, really good out of Colton Miller is what you'd say. The rest of that is absolutely horrifying. Yeah. So I only got to hear parts of the game, and then I'd see highlights afterwards because obviously I was traveling. And one of the most delightful parts is I flipped back to the Raiders game and immediately I was like, oh, that's a bad snap by Andre. Oh, when it went over the head? When we, okay, Austin Gale from PFF joins us every week. When we have him on, we need to make sure we ask him how they grade centers and their actual snaps to the quarterback. Because, okay, Andre James has had some bad snaps that caused This isn't the first time. Right, but it felt like more than half of the snaps in week three that Derek Carr jumped to catch it that he had to leave his feet yeah. to catch the snap. So it wasn't like, oh, Andre James had one or two bad snaps. It was like every snap was kind of bad. Well, did you see the couple snaps? And I'm not saying Derek Carr doesn't want the ball snapped this way, but I doubt it. The end over end snap where it's spinning. I'm like, yeah. is that how he wants? There's no way. You want it straight, so you just catch it with two right. ends and go. But he had three or four where it's spinning. I'm like, Carr, not credit to Carr, he caught all of them. But I'm like, there's no way he's telling him to snap it like that. And then the other one goes over his head. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Is the most impressive thing Carr's done this year is catch the snap. Yes. <laughs> the end over end ones, because it's not slow. That thing's coming pretty fast. And you miss it at all. You're going to fumble it. So I give Carr credit. He's had fumbling problems that he caught all of them. But it's like, that, that can't be by design. <laughs> there's just no way. 
<laughs> There's no chance okay. that's been designed. I will say that there is a there's a halfback draw play. There is a single play that I'm aware of where you purposely snap it high, so the quarterback jumps up, and like, then and then when he comes down, he hands it off, draw. and it's a draw play yeah. up the middle. I didn't see any of those. I don't think they run that play. This I, don't, year. I didn't I see any know. of those. <laughs> Put it this way: Derek Carr had to leave his feet far too much to catch snaps. Yes. I mean, he, he a couple times there were jumps, and then the one he made fun of himself afterwards, and you know said, "I don't have the hops for that one." Because uh, it went completely over his head. <laughs> yeah, not a good week by Andre James, but you're right. So, obviously, blocking mm. how many times you get beat, we understand how I'm sure PFF grades them. But are they? is he is he knocked down at all? I assume he has to be knocked down at all for the snap over the head, but just, just in general. Right, Like, because I, I have to imagine it's, it's something that even maybe pro football focus takes for granted, the snap to the quarterback. Yeah, like obviously, usually, obviously, you snap it over the guy's head. You're gonna get, you're gonna docked get down for that. There, yeah. That's pretty terrible. But I'm I'm curious if they've even like considered, let's grade the center on the placement of the snap right. or how quickly it gets to him because we all take that like all of us sort of just take that for granted. We like, take it for granted. He's gonna snap it to him. The ball plays to play. Yeah, yeah, your center can snap it to the quarterback. Yeah. That's a very obvious skill. But Andre James, I mean, I mean he's got to be the worst in the league at it. Or if he can't. You move the quarterback directly <laughs> underneath him. No, no. Got to go all shotgun. Coming up next, Bischoff's Briefs. we got some UNLV football. Make sure you stay tuned later in this hour. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, we can't do it. Yeah, we're not on the, we don't know if we're on the air. Good point. Oh, we, have, right. we have Golden Knights tickets, but we may or may not be on the air. We may have to give them away tomorrow. You might only be listening to this Either that or on the podcast. One of us is winning them. <laughs> we'll take Against them. the law, Ed. That's, yeah. <laughs> so do you want to, uh, Try to guess who's going to play quarterback for UNLV this week. I'll say Friel. Sam Gordon tweeted this morning that uh, Doug Broomfield was not practicing. We know Tate Martell's dealing with plantar fasciitis, so I would say Cameron Friel's going to be the quarterback. Justin Rogers. Arroyo said yesterday that they were still waiting on an update for Doug Broomfield Monday afternoon. Uh, They were hoping he could be back practicing and with the number ones this week in practice. Uh, But... As you just said, Sam Gordon tweeted it out that he is not out there. Uh, Tate Martell is out for this week. They expect him to be out the next two weeks. Uh, he's got plantar fasciitis. Yeah. Uh, so he's got a foot injury, and they don't expect him back for at least two weeks. UNLV plays San- Texas-San Antonio this week. They have a, got a bye week before their next game. Oh, they have so, a bye before Utah State? Yeah, so they've okay. got a bye in there. So Tate Martell, it sounds like they're expecting him to miss this week and then potentially could be back able to play for that Utah State game. Uh, but Doug Brumfield's a little bit more vague. I guess it's only Tuesday. Conceivably, he could be out there at practice tomorrow and be good to go and start for UNLV. But as of right now, I think I agree with you that it'll probably end up being Cameron Friel. So let me ask you this. Cameron Friel's the quarterback for UNLV. Do they have any chance of beating Texas San Antonio? No. Doug Brumfield's the quarterback. Yes. Do they have yep. any chance? Yes, you think they have so? a chance. Okay. They're, lay, they're getting 21 and a half. I don't think they win either way. Okay. Um, you said, do they have a chance? I don't I think they have a chance. You didn't okay. say, do they win? I don't think they have a chance either way. Okay, you don't have a chance. Uh, right. I guess maybe I see, the, I guess they lose by 14 if Brumfield's back there, 20 and if Friel's back if there. If back there. But I don't think they have much of a chance either way. I think Texas San Antonio has been uh, way too impressive so far yeah, on the year. 4-0 and they beat Illinois. Right. <laughs> uh, they they came back from they're down 21 to beat Memphis this past week. Okay. So... They've done. They have been more impressive in the four weeks, the last four weeks than UNLV has in the last two decades, four decades, yes. 
when was Harvey Hyde here? Whenever that was. Like, they've been more impressive in four weeks than you and Coach Hyde's always the go-to. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's always Listen, the go-to. They might have had to vacate a lot of stuff, but they actually won a lot of games. Yeah, I, I think the, the fan base has publicly said, we will take the sanctions. <laughs> well, Jared has said that, speaking for the fan base. And if the, if Jared's, Jared, no, but Jared, Jared's logic is right. The logic is right. If you listen, UNLV is the perfect football program. You should be cheating because what happens when you cheat? If you get caught, oh, you get punished and look, your team sucks. No bowl games for four years. Right. They don't let you go to a bowl oh, game. Oh, golly. Like, okay. they don't do that anyway. Right. It's, it's, that's why it's the perfect team. You can't take anything away from now, it. Now, if you're a big school, you get caught. They're going to threaten the death penalty. We get caught. They're like, I mean, competitive advantage. <laughs> so perfect school to cheat at. Now, I did want to talk about some uh, some digging I did through UNLV oh. history here because we're approaching some records here. Uh, UNLV football with the loss to Fresno State. They have lost 10 straight games. That is tied for the third longest losing streak in UNLV history. Uh, the longest losing streak is 16 straight games. Uh, that was the end of the 1997 season and then the entire 98 season where they did not win a game. Uh, they did win the first game in 1999 to snap that losing streak. But 16 straight is the longest. So for UNLV, you're looking at the next six games on the schedule. If they lose all six, the they diet. will tie that record. And then the 17th game uh, would potentially be the record breaker if they do not get one in between. They also, the second longest is 12. They lost 12 straight between 1995 and 1996. So they're not too far away from having the second longest losing streak. Um, now, what is likely to happen here very quickly, uh, UNLV has not won a game in 667 days. 667 days. So not looking at games, just total accumulated days mm -hmm. since their last win. Uh, that 16-game losing streak that UNLV had, the school went a stretch of 683 days without winning a game. And that's the longest in program history. Because UNLV has a bye week after this week against Texas San Antonio, if they lose to Texas San Antonio, they will break the record, the school record for consecutive days without a win. They will do that on October 15th, which will be 684 days that UNLV is gone without a win. At the newspaper, we call that note for the rail. <laughs> In the small type, when we put the rail out with all the special notes. <laughs> so... This week, if, if they do not win this week, Marcus Arroyo will oversee the longest consecutive losing streak by days in UNLV history. Okay, so they're going to make the days record. I don't think they'll make the 16. Do you think they're going to put that in the little sheet that they hand out to the media before I each I don't game? Know if, I don't know if that's going to lead the notes. <laughs> um, so I will say they break the days because I think they're losing this week. So they're going to break the days, as you said, because they have a bye. I don't think they're losing 16 straight. So if they get, so to get to 16 straight, they'd have losses, to lose to who? So Texas, San Antonio, right, right. by week, and then Utah State at home. Okay. Then San Jose State at home. Okay. Then they go to Nevada. 
Oh, Reno's that okay. Once again, Reno, which should be the last game, is not. They moved it up to okay. Nevada, Nevada weekend, weekend. Halloween weekend. Uh, then they go to New Mexico, and then number sixteen to tie the record would be a home game with Hawaii. I think they win before that. If they lose all of those, their chance to break the record would be against San Diego State. Okay, I think they win before then. Okay, so I think they either get Utah State or. At New Mexico, can we put San Jose State on that list? Uh, I don't know. They did. They didn't. Break, two and two. The quarterbacks. You know. Well, he wasn't good last they didn't week. Break 10 I haven't watched them. So Central Michigan. Yeah, I haven't watched them, so I don't know what's going on there. We thought they'd be a lot better, especially with Starkle at quarterback. Do you think they break the record? No. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Before I say that, you know, um, as a final statement, who's the quarterback? That's a good point. Because if, if it's not Brumfield, then yes, they could if, absolutely break that record. If Brumfield doesn't play again, they're probably then they could break the record. They're probably zero yes. twelve. Yes, the entire year and setting, breaking that record. If Brumfield, I'm just assuming he's playing over the next four or five games. Does he play a full game? Maybe that's well, I don't the know if he plays a full game, but I think we he haven't starts. seen him play a full game yet. If he plays a full game. Utah State, San Jose State, New Mexico, yeah, so Hawaii. There's I think, wins there. I think all of those are, are on the table sure. as, as possible wins. I don't think going to, to Nevada, I don't think they've got any chance winning on the road yeah. in Reno. Uh, but the other the other ones on there, I, I think they've got a chance if you told me Doug Brownfield's the quarterback right. for the entire game. Think. Sure. I don't know which one it is. I don't, I don't know either. that they're better than any of those teams, but it could happen. Two of those are at home. Uh, San Jose State. Hawaii and Utah State. State Oh, three of them are at home. They got got three shots at home. I think they'll get one to break the record. Three on the road: San Antonio, uh, Nevada, and New Mexico. Mm. Uh, But yeah, three shots at home to avoid having the longest losing streak in UNLV history. Is San Diego State the final game? No, Air Force is the final. Oh, they're at Air Force. That's right. That's right. Air Force is the final game. So that's what they they just they they win one of those. They avoid that record. They avoid the longest losing streak in UNLV history. By days, no. But by days, they have to win. They have to win this Saturday in San Antonio, or else they will have the consecutive days record. Isn't this Saturday one of those um, illegal cheating stream days? I mean, it's on ESPN Plus. <laughs> okay. What if you don't get that? <laughs> then, <laughs> then it's one of those illegal streaming days. Yes. All right. You get a free trial of ESPN Plus. I'll take that. Yeah. I gotta watch it. Yeah. Go to watch Listen, it. you better hope they don't move to the American. The Americans got all their games oh, on ESPN yeah, Plus. Be good. <laughs> I think I had ESPN Plus at one point, but then when you go now, it says sign in. It's not letting me. So somehow I like stopped the credit card on that baby. You stopped it, or somebody well, else? Well, I mean, someone it. else stopped it. I mean, boy, we did the Disney Channel to watch Hamilton, and that was a big that was a big disaster. As we tried to pay for the next three months, she started screaming about that. <laughs> Why do we still get this channel? We've already seen the play. I mean, literally got it for Hamilton. And then after, she's like, why do we keep paying for this? We're not watching anything. So watch all the Star Wars. <laughs> a lot of movies are doing, like, a joint release where they're out in theaters, but also yes. you can yes. pay 20 The Sopranos one, yes. On a streaming service. Yeah. Is she paying 20 bucks to watch a movie at home? Uh, no. In fact, when we go to Amazon and we go to when we rent the movies... We never, well, yeah, we rent them because it's a two-day rental and it's a lot less money. If it's over six bucks, she kind of has a problem with it now. Yeah. So it's a lot of movies we've seen or ones we just somehow missed, but it was 10 years ago. Pre-pandemic, she go to movie theaters on a somewhat no. regular basis? No, I haven't no? been to movie theaters on a regular basis till and since our kids were like in the t- 9 to 10 range. Okay. So yeah. it's not a... No, no. Okay. You? I don't watch movies. 
Oh. <laughs> When's the last does, time you were in a movie theater? Does, does, fan, Ooh, does Phantom Events uh, do uh, like baseball games? Maybe he went to the movie Maybe theater. That one. I bet remember. you were in the 10 range. No, because no? I'm fairly certain the last movie that I saw in theaters may have been the last movie you saw in theaters. Which was, because I can't remember. Detective Pikachu. Oh, I did see that in theaters. Yep. Um, I don't know. Most of the movies that I've seen in theaters are movies my girlfriend wanted to see. And like I'll, I'll go with her to right. see it. So, But I can't remember the last one I saw. The last there's, there's almost never a time where I see a movie trailer and I'm like, let's go watch that. Right. So, <laughs> Boy. yeah. I'll watch a movie. It's just, it's just not going to. Do you rent them at home, like day. Amazon Prime and, and movies? Do you yeah, rent them? We have every now and then. Yeah. When, like, when the pan last year, yeah, pandemic, the summer, yeah. we were like, let's watch we a movie a... every week. And, right. Yeah. So we rented some. We did a whole segment on Technically Correct that was Tyler watches Star Wars. Yeah. I watched all the Star Wars. Yeah. So, but those are like all on Disney Plus. You can get have. those. Yeah. Which we have. I think they're all on Disney Plus. Yeah. Whatever. We watched them all. But yeah. That was I've seen some movies. You, you need Disney Plus if you need inspirational sports movies, right? And you need every other one if you need to see like you know good sports movies. <laughs> are we still talking to Paul? I, I mean, we're we, not, are, we might not be on yeah. the air. We're, but we're not still on the air. Do we want to talk to Paul? Like, no. I, I yeah. I, Paul, all right, on Paul's air doing this for us. We're gonna, all yeah. right, so we're gonna. Well, we're gonna it's have... not on air because we're not on air. But okay, yeah. well, fair well, enough. Hold on. Let's not tell him that when we call. <laughs> Paul, right. welcome aboard. Paul Paul the, this is the most live. We don't even have a delay. <laughs> yeah, there's no delay. Paul Gutierrez joins us next. Come. Well, they got some guys on their team that are looking forward to playing against those guys you're thinking about. So it's it's how you look at it. You know, I'm sure our guys are excited to go up against their former team, and I'm sure they feel very excited to, to go up against these guys. So it'll be an emotional game. It always is when we play the Chargers, and um, we're looking forward to it. It'll be a great challenge. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter, at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now from ESPN is Paul Gutierrez. Good morning, Paul. Hey, How Paul. are you? What's happening, guys? How you doing? Good. good. We're good. Um, all right. So, if we're if we're trying to predict out how the rest of the Raiders' season will go, is it more important to look at the fact that they're three and zero, or is it more important to look at the fact that they haven't really played that well in a lot of these games, despite being three and zero? I think the easy answer to that is yes. No, I mean, it's interesting because I think a lot of people have them either two and one or one and two at this point, right? Which is a pretty big swing from three and oh. So, um, they have they played their best football yet? No. Have they played well enough to win? Yes. And as we've seen these past two years, especially a play here, a play there, and and you're looking, you know, the difference between three plays made or not made last year is, is the difference between them finishing eight and eight or 11 and five and in the playoffs or even five and 11. So you kind of just throw it all out there, see what kind of, you know, rises at the end and you just go from there. They, um, to me, the most important thing here and and the biggest question I had coming into the season was, wouldn't it be the most Raider like thing? If all of a sudden the defense was more than decent, it's actually good. And it was the offense (laughs) took a step back because of that (laughs) offensive line being rebuilt on the fly. And you kind of see, glimpses of that of of things falling apart that way but they haven't they're three you know at the end of the day so you kind of celebrate that and you take it for what it's worth and you fix things going forward could they get by with Kenyon drake and um peyton barber of what you've seen from them if this is extended with josh jacobs and be just as fine 
I don't think so because teams now have they're on tape now, right? I mean, Peyton Barber. You look at the end of the at the stats at the end of the day with Peyton Barber, you're like, oh, that's what 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 are you upset about? He ran for 111 yards, a career high. He caught a he caught a bunch of passes. He did some things. Well, you're not looking at what happened earlier in the game either, because if if they get that running game going earlier, you don't need 111 yards from him in overtime because you blow these guys out and you win the game and you get going. So the more one dimensional they become, the more susceptible to uh, to being beat, in my opinion, because all the yards the car is thrown for and everything, it looks great on paper. But if you've been around John Gruden long enough and you know what his offense is about, it's about balance. This is not a balanced offense right now. And it, it looks good. Derek Carr is playing out of his mind and he's playing really well right now, minus that pick six. But, you know, it, it, it's not a balanced offense. And that's the hallmark, the trademark of a John Gruden offense. So they need to get that situated right now as well. You mentioned like the idea that, you know, you're two or three plays away from your record being 11 wins or five wins. Um, we are, you know, a missed two point conversion and maybe like a one more Ravens first down in the fourth quarter from Brian Edwards having two catches and 27 yards on the year. So what do you make of Brian Edwards only being good in overtime and like the last six seconds of regulation? Yeah. And to me, that's, that's yeah. You, you can parse things up that way too. But also, that's the thing about receivers with me is, are they only good at certain times, or are they only good when they get the opportunities? I mean, Carr looks for him in those crunch times, and he's come up. So that, to me, is kind of a strange comparison, too, because he, he, he's showing up when it matters. But he's not really used early on because that's third in Renfro territory. That's uh, Darren Waller on those crossing routes against a linebacker that's so dangerous. That's Henry Ruggs just taking off and taking the top off of a defense time. So. It, it is interesting that he becomes a weapon late, and again, knowing John's offense and knowing how balanced he wants it to be, uh, you want to get as many guys involved as early as possible, but you also got to ride the hot hand. Uh, fascinated by Monday night. Um, I know they played, you know, Lamar Jackson, Roethlisberger. We saw it happen uh, this past week with a backup, but with Jacoby, this seems like, though, Paul, the first time, okay, here comes a guy, he's throwing downfield. He's going to be aggressive in Justin Herbert, which means, obviously, they need to keep getting pressure on him or the back end, you know, could be in a little trouble. So do you see it that way? Is this the first time we're really going to see if you can't get pressure on this guy, then how good are they really on the back end when this guy starts throwing downfield all night? I agree with that. The The only difference is these, these first three quarterbacks they've played, you know, there's not much of a history there. At least they've got tape. They played Herbert twice last year, right? right. So you you know his tendencies. You know what he's going to do. Uh, he's a year more into, into his career, so he's going to be that much more comfortable and confident. He is legit. I mean, uh, Justin Herbert is, is the truth in this division anyway. So it is going to be a test, and, and it's going to be the first time I think that Gus Bradley's going to have to dial some things up. But, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, he was the coordinator, the defensive coordinator the last year, too. So, he knows the tendency. He knows what that offense can do. And then you got Denzel Perriman and, and Casey Hayward Jr. on the outside. They know this offense, too. So it is the first time they're going to face somebody that, that's more kind of a, uh, a guy that can throw the ball downfield and, and can take advantage of things because he's legit. But at the same time, um, you know, you've got some knowledge there, too. So it's going to be a chess match. How many times did Derek Carr have to jump to catch a snap in week three? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tweeted. He he could skip leg week this week because he got all his calf exercises and jumping. Uh, yeah, that that was interesting. And then the more interesting thing to me as an old school Raider guy uh, was when he threw that pick six. I'm like, that just seemed unusual, you know, for the way he's been playing. And then I realized Mark Wilson was there on the field for the Tom Flores ceremony. Like, oh, he threw it in in, in honor of Mark Wilson being in the house. So uh, a lot of old school Raider fans get that reference. But yeah, it was a 
it was interesting. He hasn't played much, and I'm not going to, I don't know how extensive calf injuries get to a guy his size, but incognito, I mean, do you expect him this year? I mean, or is this just a wait and see thing with him? Because, you know, four or five weeks ago, it's like, oh, we expect him in a week, and we expect him in a week, and now all of a sudden, now he's on IR. You know, Ed, and, and you, you've been in this situation too, I'm sure. Maybe not, but when you're in a press conference and the press conference ends and the guy walks up, oh, I forgot to ask. I want to know from John Gruden yesterday, why did you put him on IR now and not at the beginning of the year? He was taking up a roster spot for those first three games. Mm-hmm. Now he's on IR for another three. At least you get the roster spot back. But, you know, John himself said before they put him on IR, no, it wasn't a setback. It's just taking longer than you think. Um, yeah, a guy that big. I was I was there at the workout with the Rams in uh, – thousand oats when he went down and they were working on that right calf and i was like "Uh oh is that the same you know was it the achilles is it the same leg is it connected uh is it because he's 300 pounds and he's 38 years old it there's there's a lot that goes into that and and you know a couple weeks ago we saw him while they were working out practicing he was running on the treadmill so i was like okay he's, he's he's on his way back so short of a setback it just none of it really makes much sense and and it's it's the same thing you know josh Dubow from associated press who can, uh, you know, pull a stat out at the drop of a hat. You know, he says this guy's played, you know, 12-plus snaps in only 13 games in three years. So it's kind of Trent Brown territory, except you know he wants to play. There's a desire there. And and his influence on that offensive line, you can't really put a number on it. So um, to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to play again this year, but I do know that if he could, he would. Uh, Max Crosby, I think Pro Football Focus has him as the number two edge rusher. I think he's got the most pressures of any player in football this year. Is he going to end the year as one of like the five best edge rushers in the NFL? He may end the year as one of the top five with not top five sack totals because he's just affecting change so much by what he does, and he's getting frustrated. And he had that roughing the passer penalty that was it almost was a backbreaker, right? There was no need for him to even touch Brissett. And yet he took a shot at him, knocked him down, and was stunned. And you can see that was a lot of frustration because, in my opinion, he's kind of getting the Khalil Mack treatment now from the refs where they're not going to call every hold, even though he's getting mugged and maimed and choked out. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to not getting calls, but yet getting recognized for pressures, but being shut out on the section. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's... I think he can be one of the top five in terms of just those raw numbers that PFF and those guys like to put together, but his numbers may not reach the 10 sacks he had as a rookie, the seven sacks he had last year. Well, he is Paul Gutierrez with ESPN. Paul, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Paul. See you later in the week. Talk to you uh, after the one game playoff, Ed. There you go. Uh, Yeah. Uh, No, he's Paul's a Dodger guy as much as I am. Yeah. Scherzer versus Wainwright. We know. We've accepted it. Oh, you think Paul would, would have been pro UNLV cheating? That was the question I was going to oh, ask. And then right. I was like, uh, UNLV you know. guy. Might have been. Might have been. Knows, be. knows UNLV well. Yeah. There is zero downside. To, to you don't cheat. lose anything. Right. There is you zero can only downside. gain something. You can gain that Heart of Dallas Bowl, second appearance. They haven't won a game in 667 <laughs> days. There is zero downside. To cheating. Yes. What can they take from you? What can they take from you? <laughs> You can't even really put the bowl, uh, like the bowl, uh, like Jared said, elimination on the table. It's like, but we don't go to bowls. I mean, would take away scholarships, okay? <laughs> they haven't won a game in 667 days. They can do that with walk-ons. You don't need scholarships to lose that many times in a row. So there's no downside right. to cheating. All right, so we're going to try this? Yeah, let's try right. it. Um, I've so, gotten several angry emails, so we'll see if it if it works. So we may or may not be on the air. This is going to be a good test to see if we are on the air. We have tickets to give away to go watch 
the Golden Knights against the Arizona Coyotes on October 7th at T-Mobile Arena. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. If you're listening, call in now. 702-364-1100. Do we want to do a caller or do we just want to go whoever calls? Caller number one, (laughs) 702-364-1100. You'll get tickets to go watch the Golden Knights play Arizona. You can look back at how these things play out. You know, Ben's a great player, and, you know, we expect him back. We expect him to be a 76er. Obviously, living in this public sphere, there's just a lot of questions about what's going on in, you know, in the world of Kyrie, and I just would love to just keep that private. I'm not able to be present there today, but that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm putting any limits on the future of me being uh, able to join the team. You're locked in the press box. So, we're on the air somewhere. Congratulations to Kamara Mayberry. She won tickets to go see the Golden Knights uh, take on the Coyotes. Um, Jared, you said you got an email saying we're back up on streaming and we're back up on the FM side. That is, yes, that is according to my email. So for the next, you know, five minutes. So, yeah, (laughs) we can we can talk about anything. Uh, We may have been off the air for the entirety of the show. but We're back for the last five. But we keep tweeting out the podcast so you can listen somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the podcast. Yeah. We did a live podcast. Had I known, I would have let you guys get a little looser. Uh, Tyler could have <laughs> talked about that sandwich in greater detail. Yeah. Um, it would have been it would have been a lot of fun. So I think we came up with the determination. You can actually say what that is. No, I don't. I don't trust anybody in this room enough to oh. actually say so, that on okay. the air. Do you trust so, us enough right. to say the Seattle restaurant? No, definitely don't trust you enough to no. say the Seattle restaurant okay. either. There, there are there are ways. So there's this thing called community standards that. As long as the it's fine within the community, as in no one complains about it, it should be fine. I'm not complaining to now, anybody. The I'm not here at 9.59. <laughs> the problem with Las Vegas is that we simultaneously have a very like conservative section as far as like so- social stuff, while also simultaneously being like, no, the bars do not close. We it's smoke true. inside and gambling. So there's... A, uh, this one, I think, should be fine. I'm not saying either one. Really? Oh. All right, yeah. well. Not putting my faith something, in Jared. Something We're I not, wanted to talk to you guys about. We're ignoring Jared. It uh, was, okay, well, you can, t- it's not me, because I, I'm out of here before the, the, the music stops. Oh, yeah, I know so you're who, not complaining. Who would I, who would I say anything yeah, you're to? you're not the one complaining. <laughs> no, I don't, I just, not that Jared's not going to complain either. I just, somebody else would complain would be the problem. I just don't trust Jared. All right, which, tell me this, which NFL fan base is more moronic this morning. Bears fans that are missing Mitch Trubisky or Eagles fans that want Gardner Minshew to replace Jalen Hurts? Bears fans. Okay. Bears fans. Because Trubisky is terrible or? Okay. Yeah. I don't. Poor Mitch Trubisky. I would think if you're in Philly, you're making the excuses based on anyone, not, not the quarterback. Right. I mean, we had Charles McDonald I mean, he's, on. He's still young enough to where you're probably thinking, oh, he's going to be okay. You just got to put people around. You got to get a better line, all that. You just he, flush it. Yeah, he hasn't. Uh, well, and he, you know, he, he doesn't look at the deuces. So mm-hmm. if you don't look at the deuce, and how classic, though, is that he's a Philly quarterback saying that stuff? That's awesome. <laughs> They're probably like, what's wrong with that? I don't look at my deuces. Like, you can see every Philly fan, like, totally our, buying our, into this that's, kid. That's the, that's the problem. 
guy doesn't look at his deuce. <laughs> oh, that's right. How do you know if you're, not, if you're getting it, enough fiber? Actually, that's a great point. It could be the opposite right. here. And they could be like, wait a minute. On him. Why, don't you, why don't you look at him? What's wrong with you? We'll look past those two picks, but man. <laughs> but man. You got to look at your poop. <laughs> Jeez. Come on, Jalen Hurts. Get it together. Oh, gosh. Oh, the Eagles. <laughs> I feel months. like I feel like we're still doing the show like we're not on the air. Exactly. We're, still do, we're still doing like the That's podcast fine. version. That's fine. I I expected the Cowboys to win last night. I'm surprised how easily yeah. they won last night. Like I thought the Eagles might be a little bit more of a, you know, more than a speed bump. Their offensive line was horrible. Yeah, it was a disaster. Terrible, Terrible offensive line. That division. Giants lose to the Falcons. If Washington's defense is really not Boy. any good. Jared doesn't win it this year. I mean, they'll they'll fire everybody. Cowboys fire nine and eight. God, this can you year imagine again? that if they don't win it this year, Jared? <laughs> he doesn't have many many left, so he's got to get on. What it are now. you talking about? He's like eighty percent plastic. <laughs> That's true. Well, but he's, he's still eating Whataburgers an hour in. He'll eat so. those fish uh, McMuffins an hour later well, too. Yeah, you, about the fish McMuffin. I mean, if this guy's eating burgers an hour later, I don't think the fish McMuffin would like bother this guy. I think he'd be fine with it actually. Putting salt on his McGriddles, salt on his fish McMuffins. <laughs> Eat a little fish McMuffin with tartar sauce for breakfast, and Jerry Jones is good yeah, to go. Yeah, he's good to go. Oh, the Cowboys. Eating him in the shower. Am I? Okay. <laughs> you, you, you're you a Cowboys fan. Yes. As a non-Cowboys fan, I actually think I want to see the Cowboys be good for once. Because of their offense? Well, yeah, I think like their offense fun is to fun watch. to watch. But yeah. I, I kind of think I'd enjoy the Cowboys being a decent football team, and then obviously losing hilariously in the playoffs. But... <laughs> Like, I kind of want them to actually be like, a you know, win 13 games. So you prescribe to the notion that the league is better when they're good. No, not no, at not at all. I no. think that's one of the dumbest things people say. Okay, but you just said you want them to be good. Right. I would like to see the Cowboys be in the playoffs because mainly because Dak Prescott is fun to watch. Yeah. Right. And the rest of that division has nothing I'm remotely interested right. in watching. Like, who? I guess Jalen Hurts running around. That's is, it. Is moderately no one in the Giants. But Certainly no one won in Washington because when they're good, it's all about their defense anyway. Joe Judge is entertaining to watch. <laughs> yeah, or at least listen to. Maybe the league's better when Jerry Jones has a competent team because he's a little bit more relevant. Right, and, and you get, hear him more often. He yeah, talks more often. Maybe, but I think the idea that it's the NFL, on more party buses with heads of officiating. Yes, of all our leagues, the NFL. They do not need any single team to be good. They do, they're like the league is better not when the, the Cowboys. Because everyone's the watching the yeah. NFL, it doesn't matter. It I mean, does, not real. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl last year, yeah. and it's one of the greatest storylines we've yeah. seen. Who cares about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah. Everyone will be watching we, Cincy Jacksonville on Thursday. Right. We really Absolutely. need Miami to get it back together. <laughs> get back to the Marino days. <laughs> like I, I don't know if it even applies to our other leagues, but it definitely does not apply to no. The you're right. It, you're the right league does not need the Cowboys or no. the Raiders or whoever to be good. They do not need the Steelers to be good. This league is just fine. It's chugging along no matter. This baseball need good. one or two of its high priced teams. Yes and no. I mean, it's if better. Milwaukee plays Tampa, right? It's much, in the World Series. Yes, it's much better if you get L.A. New York or right. even L.A. Boston right. or something like that. But Yes and no. I don't think it. Baseball is a little bit more of a regional sport. It does. I think the base. Ba, let me put it this way: Major League Baseball postseason needs something like a big market or an, or an awesome storyline. Major League Baseball regular season, it's a regional. No, you're sport just, you're just following your own team, right? Yeah. But postseason probably. NFL doesn't need anything. I actually follow two teams: the Padres and the Dodgers. <laughs> and the Padres have been eliminated. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I follow Thanks two for checking teams. in, Padres. You are done. <laughs>